0: Let's go. let's go! Come on, everybody, and let's get to pumping, cause it's three days the time, baby. Rip City is jumping
1: now. Okay, Brindle up the middle.
0: Come on, everybody! All right, everybody, welcome to the 356th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rainy Rip City, and I got my man
1: Sage. Live and direct from Beaverton, Oregon. And for those that didn't know, I wrote two, count them, two blog posts about FanDuel and DFS. One is the basics, like, you know, what kind of contests there are. And I gave some advice on how to construct your lineup. And then the second one was all about my personal process of trying to get these lineups. So if you're into DFS or reading blogs about sports, check it out at holybackboard.com. Definitely will be writing more this year compared to other ones since there's only so many weeks to do podcasts about these these prospects. You know, USA, G League, uh, foreign-born players. So there's going to be a lot of content this year. But this
0: is the day. But most before importantly, the it's Halloween next week, Sage. Give well, me... it's
1: my mother's birthday.
0: That's okay, well, more... for you. Yes. Okay, okay. Close number two. One. What was your favorite costume growing up? And two, give me, if you could choose any three chocolate candies to take with you forever, what like what three Halloween candies are you going for? So it's a two-parter favorite Halloween costume or maybe most memorable. And then you basically get free reign and can grab three chocolate candies on Halloween. Which ones are you grabbing? So I I guess my
1: most memorable ones was I did karate for many, many years. So I went in my karate gi because sometimes you can't really think of a creative costume. So like I was in my karate gi. We brought my dog that has energy issues around the around the the block trying to get all the candy. But yeah, like yeah, I guess I, I think I was a ninja like five years in a row because I just had like white gi, yellow gi, you know brown, black, and then the belts to correspond with it. So it was like, well, this shit's very easy. We already paid for X amount of these things. I might as well uh, just wear them. I stopped doing karate because I hated group classes. I didn't like punching people and stuff, but I I got relatively high in it. I guess the chop. I fucks with the Reese's really heavy, the, the Reese's cup, and then... Uh, peanut M and M's and Snickers.
0: Okay, solid, solid trio.
1: Yeah, again, high high floor, high floor candies.
0: Very high floor. I think I would go, Wix, Milky Way, and the big Kit Kats. I don't know if they still make them in the U S anymore, but they did for a period of time. They were a thick, like a Snickers bar, but it was just a giant Kit Kat. And it was an absolute banger. So maybe, maybe the specialty candy shops have them in, but I have not seen them in in quite a minute. Have you, do you fucks
1: with, I, I, I don't know why I'm cussing this much this quick, but do you like, like going on the internet and seeing like, candies from Asia like Japan like have you ever d- d- gone down the uh, rabbit hole of
0: foreign candies I don't know if I have but I'm not opposed to it I definitely do like check, check it out like, there's
1: there's specialized like Kit Kat flavors and stuff like
0: that in Japan I've seen that yeah. my okay. vice Portland State campus 0809 era living on campus plaid pantry oh, in yeah. the South Park Walks uh, if you know, you know, but Reese's did a Elvis Presley version of their peanut butter cup and they had some banana flavoring in it. Ooh. That is the goat candy bar. That That is the goat. Uh, they discontinued it after maybe a few months. But I know you are a banana flavored dessert connoisseur like I am. And it was an absolute... Banger, so that that would be my coat. But sadly, what did what did young maybe, maybe Dustin maybe dress up? Maybe as. it's alive and well somewhere in like Switzerland or Cambodia. But if anybody knows, let me know. If you got the hookup,
1: what what was your what was your go to co- or your most memorable costume?
0: Probably when I got older. Actually, I have some official blazer, shorty, short shorts,
1: oh, an official
0: God. jersey. Put those on. Pulled up the high socks. Grew out a handlebar mustache oh, I, and some, I, I, in, I, in some burns, yeah. Um, got the headband on. I won best costume at my agency my first year. I was there, I wore it to a Halloween party. Like it just the goat, like you said, like you have it, it's a go to costume, it is a crowd pleaser. And it was your it, Facebook profile I, picture for many years. If I was, <laughs> I even wore it to opening night against the Lakers on Halloween night, Dame's debut back in 2012. Um, so you know, your boy is definitely not shy about showing off those thighs.
1: (laughs) The milky thighs. I fuck with it. I fuck with it.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, uh, let's get into uh this. You know, we did our season preview episode um last week, and now the season starts. Official basketball starts tonight for the Blazers, it starts Wednesday. Uh we do have a few games that we will cover, we're going to cover opening night in Los Angeles, the home opener on Friday against the Magic, and then Portland hits the road, and we will probably cover two to three of those games. Uh, you got Philly, Toronto, and Detroit. Uh, it could be a rocky start to the season for the Blazers. Uh, Sage, after the the preseason uh, where Portland went one and three, NBA.com actually had a, a stat that didn't surprise me at all, but uh, I was like, oh, damn. In three years, under Chauncey Billups, the Blazers are 0-11 against NBA teams in the preseason. So basically, the only time they're getting a dub is if they're playing like the New Zealand Breakers or, or some non-NBA squad. So I'm like, yeah, th- that does check out there. And I would say preseason, I know it's preseason, and I know you're not getting any Robert Williams. And I know the, the main players aren't playing a ton, but the preseason kind of amplified the concerns I had going into the season. Uh, You have just so many of the same archetypes. You only have so, so few playmakers don't really have a lot of rebounders, people willing to do the dirty work. And uh, it could get a little messy for this Blazers team, uh, especially with, you know, we just discussed that East coast trip right off the bat. You're also playing a Western conference contender on opening night. Um, Sage, what in the preseason can you take that you feel like translates over that you saw, or are you just going to write it off and say that's preseason, they're professionals, they'll be able to figure it out.
1: I mean, I I enjoyed seeing Scoot Henderson, even when the shot wasn't going down him, having excellent effort in playing basketball. Really, it was just, it was about the process of each player, like, I remember there was a game where Chris Murray couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And you said that. And I was like, yes. But the process between him shoot him getting the ball, putting it in his hands, and shooting it was good. The way that he played defense and started pointing and talking, communicating, I like that. But I can't like I'm not taking anything like what I saw in preseason is what's going to happen in real season. There was just bits and pieces that I liked that I saw from some of our young guns. And I mean, root sports is so
0: difficult to find. So it, it, I didn't watch full games because. Bro, I had to watch the opening game against New Zealand breakers because somebody on a, a blazer fan forum was actually inside the arena and broadcast it on <laughs> yeah. YouTube Shaky as shit, but I was thankful Hell, so 300 level. So shout out to uh, Blazer fan 11 or, or someone like that. Uh, and then thankfully the final preseason game was on friggin Fox Sports Plus and because I just happened to get Ivaka TV before it went belly up, I still had an antenna and I was able to search online. Uh, it's channel 49.1. What the hell is a 49.1? I, I really don't know. But the fact that I had to Google it and figure it out and the team's not putting out any information, they're just saying it's on Fox Sports Plus. I've never heard of it, but I was able to watch the game. And it was probably one of the few games that I was able to watch. I'm contemplating getting League Pass monthly because you can watch the Blazer games three games after completion. So whether it's following with the game cast and listening to the radio and then going you know 3 days ahead and and you know maybe it's before bed or during lunch you know kind of breezing through a game no commercials breeze through the free throws maybe you can get through a game in an hour or so uh, maybe that's the recipe for me this year but it is a complete disaster uh in market trying to find uh access to watch this this team um a, a pretty big bummer because i i am excited to watch the team I will say that, you know, after kind of the newness of the Dame trade kind of fell off and the excitement, it's almost like it's almost like after Christmas, like you're so excited and you start to realize you have to wait another year for this. Well, for me, it was the realization that Chauncey Billups is the head coach of our basketball team, and that started to sit in and it was. Kind of a a a little bit of a bit of a bummer for me because it's like he's he's if if you've ever seen the meme where the person is sitting probably at a call center and they're kind of leaning back and they're just cringing and they've got their headphones in their hands because of what they're hearing is just so awful. It's that's how I feel like when I listen to him in some interviews saying Malcolm Brogdon is going to close out games for the Like why? There's there's no need for that, bro. You're not you're not here to win games for the first time. Since you've been hired you're not here to win games you're here to develop young talent and so that's going to be a bit of a process like we're, we're definitely not going to be even a finished rebuilding process um this season we, we've taken the steps but there's still plenty more to go
1: you told me that and i was like who's he gonna guard the power forward he's not athletic like let's say we're playing the kings daren fox is going for 15 points in the last five minutes of Malcolm Brogdon's guarding him. It just like I, I I don't understand the I don't understand his thought process of Malcolm Brogdon or you know his end of and I, basically I don't understand anything. But since you told me that we could watch Blazer games directly a- three days after, you might people might see some clips of shit that I remember in game and might put it on the blog to explain why I like it or why I dislike it. So thank you for letting me know, um, NBA two K I got free league pass for purchasing it. So you, you know, the deal, like I, I, your boys got it. <laughs> so, but I, I think Chauncey Billups, like this is where he just gets exposed as not a, a, a basketball coach is he's taking the, uh, his thought processes about potentially winning teams that could win and p- putting it on teams that are trying to develop. Just, it's it's just a bad, it's just a bad fit. If he's trying to win and put play Mat- Matisse Stiebel and Broggy pants, multiple minutes, it's just like it, it at end of games, it's just, it's just bad thought processes about where we are and where we are with the team. I don't want to, unless Malcolm Brogdon's on like an all time heater where he's like, Catching and shooting and it's like eight for eight, he probably shouldn't be finishing games because he's going to let he's going to give up points in bunches because he's just not an athlete that can guard NBA quality guards like Scoot Henderson would get 21 on him very easily just because of the athletic factor. So, I, I, I mean... Malcolm can finish games, but it has to be context has to matter like, Oh, he's on a heater. We probably, he's more valuable to the team hitting three pointers, playing off ball. And you know, that, sure. That's fine. But every game no.
0: you're muted. Yeah. And it, it's, you get the, the, the Brogdon factor. And then he's talking about playing Robert Williams and Deandre Ayton together. And it's, it's kind of like you look at the Seattle Seahawks and you see their color palette and you see that lime green. Okay. That's, that's a secondary color. It should never be used as a full color uniform. It is mm-hmm. too, too bright. It's too gaudy. It's, it's going to look bad, Well, what do they do? They make a uniform out of that lime neon green and it looks terrible. Like the, it's, it's almost like you touch the stove and you're like, Hmm, this is hot. Let, let Let's do that again. I I don't see a world in which those two playing together really makes a lot of sense. Like Rob is a, is a full on five, just like DA and they both offer something completely different. Maybe it's the media trying to make something out of, out of nothing. Like, Oh, you've got these two really good players. How can you put them together when it should just be like, okay, you've got 48 really good minutes of, of center basketball.
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking offensively, both of them are very, interior centric in their scoring. Both of them aren't going to extend. Like the reason the, the Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert and they thought that it could work is because cat is an all time good three point shooter. Neither of them have proven anything in the shooting realm. So it like, (laughs) it's kind of like when Hassan and Nurk came back, both of these dudes are interior scorers. It's not going to work. Like the only way it works is if Nurk shot threes at the clip that he shot like last year, and that just wasn't happening. So I I, I guess in NBA two K you can make it work, but you're 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 not making it work in in the uh, real life. Like spacing matters, and we're if they play any minutes together. We're reverting back to the 1990s of basketball, and everyone else is in 2023. Like it, it's it's it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work like that. Like Scoot, Matisse, both centers. We have a lot of guys that aren't proven shooters yet. So this is that like going full no spacing is something that Chauncey Billups shouldn't do if he wants to have a if he does wants to have a career outside of this stint as a coach. He should not try and fit Rob Williams and DeAndre Eaton together. It just doesn't work. Like cheese and seafood doesn't normally work. You shouldn't try and put that on your menu opening day.
0: Yeah, the, the, that is a definite not opening day menu. You got to go uh, really safe and sound on, exactly. on opening day to, to see what, what works out. But I will say I am, and I think we're getting the... I don't want to say like pessimism or negativity. I would just, we try to provide realistic takes. One thing I am incredibly concerned about is Shaden Sharp and how he is going to be utilized this year. Because if you watch him when he's either a starter alongside Ant and Jeremy and DeAndre he's just kind of off to the side and he's not a three and D player. That's not how you get him involved. He can hit catch and shoot shots, but probably after he's in rhythm, he's had the ball in his hands for, for a bit. And he's got a good, good feel for the game. Um, If, but then you watch him in that final game. uh, I guess the last two games when a lot of the vets kind of took a back seat, You saw him play, make ball in his hands. He had a really nice, no look one hand bounce pass uh, for, for a layup. Um, He had another one to uh, Jabari against uh, Utah Jazz. He's showing playmaking chops. He's just so good because he's so athletic and can just jump over defenders to work that high pick and roll, navigate the, the, the defender, and then just rise up over the top for like a 15 foot jump shot. Like there's. No way a defender can stop that, but he doesn't get those opportunities when he's sharing the floor with other players who are demanding more usage. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this rebuild and you're promoting Shaden, you're promoting Scoot, you know, he's there two of the five players that they're they're heavily out there on all marketing materials right now. It's going to be interesting how they are going to bring Shaden along, because it really wasn't until the final 10 games where he was unleashed, where we kind of got all of this excitement from. He showed flashes here and there, but the, the leash was so short sometimes he wasn't getting more than 10 minutes of action. That can't be the case here. Like He needs to not only play minutes, age, but he needs to play meaningful minutes where he is option one or option two on the court, because... We're not trying to be good this year, even next year. Like You're trying to get Shaden to a point where in four or five years, you're like, okay, th- this guy is you know, a cornerstone, bonafide op- option one or two, potential all-star. Like We feel really good go- giving him this big rookie extension. Um, this is where he needs to be. I don't want to slow down that development this year, Sage, but I- I'm afraid that they're going to because they're so connected to to Simon's that they're, they're so connected to Thibault for for one reason or or another and um you know just it felt like okay we had finally moved on from Dame could we finally move on from the small backcourt that has kind of plagued this franchise kind of been over our heads like that, like a rainy cloud since you know 2015 but you know here they are again going to try and, and force a, a small backcourt win to me, the clear scenario is you start shading, you start scooting, and Anthony becomes the, the best six-man in the league, bonafide. I know they don't view Anthony like that. I know some fans don't view Anthony like that, but that's that's who that's who he is to me. He is a lights-out scorer, and that's it. So, I, all right, you kind of made me think, and
1: I guess I am still in preseason form because I forgot what the website is that I look at lineup data. I was like, funds? NBA more- yeah, it's NBA. Wow, you thank you for reminding. <laughs> so I was looking at, it and I was like, "What the fuck is it? What the what fuck is it?" So I, I kind of looked, and so with Dame on the floor, that like you know he's the alpha. He Shaden really took that back seat for like everything in terms of everything, like. Shaden Sharp and Josh Hart essentially were the same person, and you know we both complained about the usage rate of Josh Hart not wanting to do anything, right? So when it's just Shaden Sharp, we take Dame off the floor. We take all of these guys off the floor, and it's it's a huge amount of usage. So I, my my thought process is if he starts, I think he should go out early like let's say he goes out at the eight minute mark and then when scoot and everybody else goes out at the six minute mark, he is the lead ball handler. Cause he needs these minutes to learn what the fuck he's trying to do. Like the, the, the those, those playmaking minutes in the second unit, even though he's a starter is going to be huge. So I think that there needs to be that, that creativity on how are we going to play our guys? How are we going to get people the playmaking reps that they need because i think Shaden sharp is absolutely worth such like the the playmaking reps and i, I but i feel like scoot deserves them just as much because he has a potential to be a hall of fame's quality point guard so when he's in I, maybe it's kind of what we talked about with cj and dame with both of them need time to run I think that it while Scoot is the alpha, and maybe there's Malcolm Brogdon with him or somebody else that can dribble the ball. Maybe in the second unit, Shaden is just highlighted, so he has 15 minutes of "You're the guy; you have to be the engine for of our offense." In the other 15 minutes, you're probably gonna have to pick your spots, but that's that's a lot of creativity and communication.
0: Yeah, and you don't want to put. 30, 40 minutes of playmaking on either of Scoot or Shaden's plate right right off the jump. And the reason I like Scoot and Shaden together is because both have shown they can be good off-ball players. Scoot more so in, in the Ignite. But Shaden last year, like Shaden was catching lobs. He was just a lethal backdoor threat, uh, always an offensive rebounding threat, uh, kind of snaking in and using that athleticism to uh, you know get put back dunks, uh, can catch and shoot. So like it's more like, the players are there they can play in versatile uh opportunities it's just draw, d- drawing up those opportunities mm-hmm. from from the coaching staff and that's kind of the concern uh that i have there um so do you think school- it's
1: kind of like what atlanta does with trey and Dejounte? they both play some minutes together but when the other person's on the bench. I, mean, I
0: think that's how it is with like any dominant backcourt, right? Like you want to stagger them mm. at, at some point. And that's where it's so important to find that third connecting piece, whether that is Malcolm Brockton or whether it is somebody you find through the draft. But you know, who who can be that third ball handler, uh, that Nick Batum type of role that's you know can can connect that the entire team together to the, the so the ball handling responsibilities just aren't falling on one or two players shoulders but we we were talking about Scoot, and i thought he looked pretty damn fabulous in the preseason had a little bit of a rough outing against the the suns the second time mm-hmm. in phoenix but i am not going to sweat that at all he is a 19 year old starting point guard and, and just for some context some other 19 year old starting point guards who i think have turned out to be you know pretty good um you look at Kyrie irving his first game for the cavaliers six points two of 12 shooting one of five from downtown and uh just that's a terrible night you look at LaMelo ball no points three assists three turnovers in 16 minutes of action for for the Hornets both of those players have made all-star teams Kyrie is a a champion uh hit one of the biggest shots in Cleveland Cavaliers history and LaMelo is the face of the the Charlotte Hornets um it's okay Scoop is going to have bad games. He is a 19 year old starting point guard in the league. That, that is rare air. It, it just it doesn't happen. Don't compare him to Damian Lillard, who came in as a 22 year old polished product. Don't compare him to Brandon Roy, who also was a 22 year old polished product with multiple years of collegiate experience. Uh. Scoot is going to have a lot of ups, but there will be some downs and this is the, by far the longest and most grinding season that he's ever going to have physically or, or mentally. But I think once the, the big thing with scoot is I still, I think the game is coming to him and I think it, the game slows down for him. And once he figures out the pace to play, then you're going to see that athleticism kind of kick into gear. Cause I think that's the piece that he's trying to figure out right now is how how can I use my athleticism to get where I want to go? Cause I think he's just utilizing his skill right now to kind of figure it out. Um, but once he kind of gets in the open court, maybe it's, it's a block by Rob and it's an outlet and he's pushing pace and he's, he's, he's going up the court. Like that's when special scoot is going to shine. And I, I think as long as he's able to play through his mistakes and I, I think as Long as he continues to be mentally strong, which by all accounts that's that's basically been his yeah. uh, mantra. I'm really excited. I thought he had a wonderful preseason. The jump shot looks really strong, and if he can just be league average off the catch and shoot, and I think what I would do if I was him early on in the season, he's going to need to probably shoot more than he wants, and, and I say that because teams are going to go under on the pick and roll every time that is the scouting report they are going to say scoop mm-hmm. you have to prove to us that you can hit at a clip that we're just not comfortable with so i think that's what i want to see from this opening week is maybe not table set as much as he might like i think he needs to really make the defense respect his outside shot which will in in totality open up so much more for not only him for his teammates um so that's that's what i'm most excited for is it is scoot that that debut um you know i want to see how he bounces back from a bad performance uh i i want to see if he can string together some quality performances and i i, I want to see how he um starts to figure out defensive scouting reports because they're they're coming and they're ever-changing and you may play a team back-to-back you may play a team twice in, in two weeks especially with this in-season tournament um, coming up. And so how is he going to do when you're getting different coverages? How is he going to do against different type of defenders? But uh, looking forward to seeing him looking forward to seeing him uh, make a connection with DeAndre. Um, I think those two need to be best friends. And I really also want to see if and this is not all on Scoop, but I want to see if he is able to generate open looks for Anthony Simons. We saw that in the Utah preseason game. uh, Maybe a less experienced floor general or less talented would have passed it ahead uh, on the fast break, but he knew he had Simon's trailing Mm. and he stopped and gave it to him on the wing wide open three. Those are the type of looks where Anthony Simons can work with the blazers. It's the type of looks where it's the clay Thompson role, catch and shoot low usage, high efficiency, really high percentage of going in like that's Uh, You know, that's that's, just not happening, bud, because that's how it's going to have to be if it's going to work. But I it probably it, won't, it, but I'm just I'm just laying out the blueprint. If the Blazer Brass wants to listen, this is how it needs to be done. You don't give the ball to Amperie and say dribble the hell out of it for ten seconds and then then shoot. That that will not work, and I think you're going to turn off a lot of fans. And you know, people are, are. I think they're. We've seen like Dame is as great as he is. That's not a recipe for success. I and, think
1: that you guys that are saying he needs to turn into Clay are really really thinking about him taking he's taking his arm off with what you guys want him to do because he's one of the best. No, no, no. There's there's such a difference between pull-up jump shooting and and catch-and-shoot jump shooting. He is elite. Pull up jump shooting.
0: I'm fine with pull up because he's not dribbling the ball 18 times. It's the isolation CJ McCollum Dame special where you're (laughs) he did it you know two times in a row opening preseason game against the Breakers where he literally stood at the top of the key for 15 seconds and shot a step back three. Like that is is not basketball, that's not going to work. Teams will give him that shot every single time. Pull up three is great. Well, he can pull up. That's fine. Sage, one dribble pull ups work work in the pick and roll. Just as long as he makes quick decisions. I just don't want to. I don't see think him...
1: he's ever going to be a point nine guy. He's just not going to be a point nine guy.
0: It's, it's, he's probably not going to have a future here. I mean, maybe this year. But I mean, I, I...
1: honestly, yeah. But if we're trying to boost his trade value, you got to let him have the thing that he is elite at. Well, what's more important this year? Him just being a lesser role or? Let's get his value up from absolute net negative bullshit and that, get him. That's a good. That's a good question.
0: You. But my 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 rebuttal would be another question. At what expense is it to the development of the other players if you're trying to to boost him up? Because I, I think there is a cost benefit. Oh, definitely there that. is.
1: But it it at first it it talk, It's about is he part of your your core for forever? No? Okay, then we need to pro- we need to have him have some type of responsibility where he's able to show off that amazing pull-up abilities. Of course, there's going to be the time where he's dribbling for 15 seconds, and it sucks. But if him doing those pull-ups gets him off the team for positive value, I'm cool with it. And as long as it is established that Scoot is number one and he isn't him being a tertiary ball handler and pulling up doesn't bother me as much. Of course, there's going to be times where it does, but he needs to show off his abilities to 29 other teams. If he's, if he's not part of the, the future. So I'm, I'm cool with him doing whatever it is. And just to put him at a, catch and shoot guy that's on the hash really doesn't get people offering legitimate assets for him. He's going to get like, we probably have to give something, to give him up because of the contract. He has to show and prove that he's,
0: I think the contract's guy. very team friendly. When I mean, you look at some of these deals that have been handed, like I, I think 25 a year for three more years. I think that's very friendly, but you also have
1: to show that he is good still. i I I think
0: i mean if he changed his mentality he'd be so fucking good dude he there's no reason for him to not be a better rebounder especially offensively getting to the free throw line attacking the paint with just a ferocity i mean this kid won the slam dunk competition he can jump out of the gym um like five LaMarcus rebounds sport.
1: a game push transition there, there
0: is a LaMarcus Aldridge to his game. And that's, I think the reason I'm so harsh on Anthony because LaMarcus just played soft and there were stretches where he was dominant and mean and he won Western conference player of the month. I, I know that because I worked for the team then, and I was there for every single goddamn game and we put out the press release for it. Like he was just turning and dunking on fools. And then he would get that award and he would just revert back to yeah. taking contested, you know, 17 foot jump shots.
1: If he had Scoots mentality I think he's an all-star
0: easily. So he, he, I would not be wanting I'd not be advocating for no. him to be to be dealt. Like he's a special talent with the right mindset.
1: Yeah cuz if he got the if he long rebound used his athleticism got to the line grab and go 8 times a game and then like th- just think about his averages if he got to the line, if he actually got two feet into the
0: paint, you're looking at 30 point per game score. If he got to the line as much as he should. Well, and, and that's the, that's the, the sad thing.
1: Scoot needs two feet in the paint to be his all time best. Shaden needs two feet in the paint to be his all time best, especially with some of the lack of scoring and playmaking abilities. He needs to go downhill and dunk it on fools. And I know that he loves the three point shit. If he fucking hyper drove to the hoop and got lays and dunks, man, it's just the mentality of I can absolutely hit threes. I don't need like driving into the paint sucks. You get hit and like it is much more tiring to drive it every time. I mean, mid-range hitting the pull-up three is a lot easier on your body, but if he just drove it mean seven times a game, we would not be saying trade him. We would not. And no, then that, be that able could to lead work. to his assist going up because you're going to the hoop. Just to drop-off pass to Aiton, he gets four extra assists doing that. But I, I think it's a mentality issue, not a
0: Anthony sucks. It's not a capability issue. He has the talent. The skill set is there. You yeah. just have to tap into it somehow, some way. Has he ever um, gotten hurt? Nothing I can think of, no. Yeah.
1: Because I because I keep thinking of him as Zach Levine. But Zach Levine's gotten hurt and his, like, you know, injuries really sap athleticism. But I don't think he's ever been real hurt, in the, especially in the legs and knees. So it's like, if he could just, if someone else could control him and make him go into that paint, he could be so good. But we we see a B F we see a B player, but we can easily, easily see. Oh, this dude can be an A, really, if he just changed his mindset. I think that's what that's Lamarcus Aldridge for you, and that's David West for me. If he just moved his feet better, he could be an A. He never. He never did.
0: Lamarcus would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer with a different mindset. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. I think the the hardest thing for me will be patience, and not in terms of wins or losses, but like I'm already casting aside Matisse, Jeremy, Malcolm. I like Rob, but we've discussed injury issues. I think you need to cash in on that chip. Anthony, like, I'm ready for like these young kids plus Da to go out there and just develop like I'm I want that I want that to be the starting point point. and so I'm like just going to be patient like it's gonna They're going to come eventually you got you know December 15th is when the free agents can, can can get get dealt and then obviously the deadline you'll you could see some pieces moved to uh other contenders so just just to be patient no it's not a finished product but like I'm just like we finally got direction we're rebuilding so i really want to rebuild like let's to me that's rebuilding is not giving jeremy grant 20 shots per game rebuilding is okay Shaden, can you run some point for a quarter uh you know how how do you work with like like the success for me this year there's a few things one who what big plays best next to deandre is it is it kumara is it jubari is it chris murray like who can play alongside deandre deandre they brought him in here. He is a pillar. Two. How does Scoot look finishing the season? Not starting, but but finishing. Does he have a rookie wall? If so, does he power through it? And then, three. I want to see can can the staff get through to DeAndre? Like, it's not the worst thing in the world if he doesn't pan out. The contract isn't awful he's, you know, it's, it's not a a massive deal. I mean, it would suck, but it's not going to make or break the rebuild, but can you get through to this player who really just wants to be engaged? He just wants to be a little bit more of a focal point. Mm. He was number one pick for a reason, the talents there. Can, can they show something that they're able to make a player better? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest knocks I would have on the bull staff is I don't think they've made anyone better. Like Dame's good because of Dame, but like I think
1: they made Nasir a little better, but he also gets hurt way too frequently.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a reason. Like he was a bit of a throw-in in in that that contract or in that uh, in that deal. Like I just they didn't make Nurk better.
1: They made him significantly worse. I I think the only Norm Powell had
0: probably his worst season as a professional in Portland. C.J. did not get better. Roko, I mean Jesus, like Larry Nance Jr. I mean, just players came and they just got worse. And you could say it's a product of Neil Lachey, which I'm not disagreeing with getting players after their prime, but at a certain point, a trend becomes reality, right? And so can he, and I'm saying he as in Phillips. can Phillips and his staff make a player better? And I think that when we when we look at the beginning, like think about where you think about the team individually right now, write it down. Keep it in your thoughts. Then once the season's over, look back. Did the players progress? Are they in a better spot now than they were in in October? That is going to be the the measure of success for this team. Not how many wins or losses they've accomplished. Are they in a better position to continue the rebuild? Are they they further along? Do you have more clarity? Um, Because you're likely going to have two more lottery picks or not lottery picks, you're going to have one lottery pick and then probably a a pick in the 20s from the Warriors. You're going to have two more rookies, first-round picks, come onto this roster next year. There's already some uh, competition, Uh uh, you know, especially at the small forward and power forward for for the young players. Like, who also, like, I'm looking for who's going to, like, who's going to be the cream that rises to the the, the top? Because, you know, Kumara came in and played really well as a second-round pick from Dayton coming over from Phoenix. I was really impressed with what I saw. Um Chris Murray did a lot of things right but he still can't shoot right now and that's what he drafted him for so can he figure that out? Jabari looks solid. Is he going to be ever more than just a role player or can he kind of kick it up to um the next level? So I'm really kind of seeing like in repair. He had a really great defensive strip I think it was on Bradley Beal but then he just got uh he got walked back get to get his weight up. on the next position. Um like how far does he develop? Right? Mm-hmm. He is a young talent. I don't, he's 3 years probably from a a NBA ready talent, but the tools are there. So that's what I'm looking forward this year. Any other thoughts before we look ahead into the first week of the season, Sage?
1: I'm just I'm I'm thinking of our team, and it's like does Matisse help any of our star players?
0: I mean there's a reason Philly just like let him go.
1: Exactly. Because well, I'm trying he, to think even, Like, even a needs two-time spacing. All,
0: all defense player.
1: The only person he doesn't negatively affect is Anthony. His lack of shooting doesn't affect Anthony, but it definitely affects our two guys that need two feet in the paint. I but, think the
0: issue with Portland is they have too many players at the same position, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're they're trying to play them out of position. Like Shaden's not a three. I hope they don't play him as a three. I don't think Matisse is a three either. I think Matisse is built to guard shooting guards and point guards. Like I I, I think he's allowed, should should be allowed to roam a little bit. Um can Malcolm play the two or the three? I don't know. Like uh, Malcolm's definitely Malcolm, I mean Scoot's definitely a one. Like they, they have and then they, think just they can put in, it, it you and they just brought in out know, A. A. Right, Griffin? From, from the Suns as well. So like they, they added another forward to the bunch. So it's it's going to be interesting. They've got so many new players that all really need time to develop. Like the one thing we complained about Terry Stotts was, okay, Joel Freeland, you get three games. Okay. Now you're at Myers Leonard, you get now your three games. Uh, and then you would do the same thing with like Zach Collins. And it just like, he would never be able to give a young player the the time and attention and, and rhythm to to actually break through and figure themselves out. That's a that's a concern. And I think this would be a concern with any coach because this is a tough thing to ask of them. You have all of these young mouths. They they need to be fed. And yes, the remix are are great, but the G League is not the NBA. And it's going to be interesting to see how that developmental process works is somebody going to get hurt uh could they, could they because somebody somebody's definitely getting hurt someone's um,
1: definitely twisting an ankle and getting hurt so it's, it's, it's about it's, stepping it's, up in the time
0: it's going to be really hard to say like okay Tumani, you're this is your chance this week but then you're not going to play for three weeks mm-hmm. you can't really judge a player like that like no I, you, you got to give players like months of action and then you can say okay i think we like what we see or, or what we don't but you know, you've always got somebody looking over your shoulder. So I think that's going to be a Joe Cronin issue. Um, and I think he needs to kind of figure out who he likes and who he doesn't. And I think that's another reason why I'm excited for the trade deadline. Um, so you can kind of thin, like, there's just a lot of players on the roster that need to play. There's not a lot of Udonis Haslams, no. right? They're just like there to be. You know leadership presence, and you know they're not there to play basketball. They're not there to take anybody's run, anybody's minutes, or anybody's shots. Like you've got 15 players who all want to play and need to play, and that that is a very difficult thing to do when you're bringing in this many new players. And there's going to be
1: even more new guys with two first round picks. One thing I have to say, I I, I've started doing the scouting on on the draft. The one good thing about Portland in our situation, I don't. Really think that there is a single alpha number one guy in this draft class. Like I see a lot of Andrew Wiggins, and I see a lot of Hedo lose. The fact is that we have Scoot and Shaden. We don't need the alpha. We're good on the alpha. If they can be a star in that role, that's awesome. We don't need like a, the only guy I think could be a, a star is Sar. I really don't see any of the other guys, but we are we're I guess we're a little early on the draft talk for, for the holy backboard, but we will definitely be doing stuff soon. So let's talk about the uh the the actual Blazer games that are happening right now.
0: Yeah, opening night Wednesday in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Whew. What what who's the matchup you're you're looking to see um right there, Sage?
1: it's got to be scoop versus russ
0: yeah it's got to be like yeah. th- that's that to me that that's the one right there
1: i mean it, it it's re- legitimately there's the same archetype of player obviously Scoot has his skill set and russ has his skill set but to see two of the most athletic guards play basketball and i mean i guess Russ doesn't have the vertical athleticism he once had, but dude's still fast as shit. So to see those two go at it, it, I think is going to be the matchup. I think the Clippers ultimately win and it could be a big win for them.
0: Yeah, the Clippers. Have I don't know how we good. defend
1: one of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard.
0: No, I, I don't know either. I, I'm going to be interesting. I'm going to be watching DeAndre and, and Zubach. Um, that should be fun. That's a good matchup. I think DeAndre is a higher caliber center, but in time in the in, in previous years he has not performed up to his his skill set so like are we going to get good da right off the bat like th- we should be like this is everything's brand new you're in a good situation you're happy like we we should be getting good da um so that's what I'll be looking for uh i agree i think the clippers win uh, pretty handily but um i want to see if the blazers can can keep things competitive this year and then we move on to Friday opening night, which is an interesting opening night against an Eastern Conference team. The first Eastern Conference team, I believe, since the lockout shortened year of 11-12 when we played the Philadelphia 76ers, and that was the date after Christmas. Um, But Orlando, I was surprised to see them on the opening night calendar, but I'm not mad at it. Another young team that's kind of figuring things out. It does seem like from what I have been listening to that Anthony Black and Jet Howard are out of the rotation. Ooh. Uh Cole Anthony just signed a extension, which surprised me. They have a bit of a Portland problem as well.
1: Wait. Got a lot minute. of
0: players uh in certain positions, and they're just they're just now figuring out their front court when they moved Vooch and they got, you know, Franz and Wendell Carter Jr. out of that. They also have the reigning rookie of the year and Paolo Banchero. Uh this is a team with a lot of size. Mm-hmm um portland is going to need to one rebound the basketball and two i think they're going to need to open the floor and uh with the three-point shot that they need to get those bigs away from the floor and then three points in the paint the the past couple years orlando has absolutely taken our lunch in the paint just with all their bodies that they have down there um I mean they beat us when they've been bad before. So this is going to be a, a tough test. I, I think Orlando wins this one, Sage. I think they've got too much size and the 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 matchup I want to see is, is Paolo on Jeremy Grant. Like
1: that it was Paolo versus Jeremy and then Wendell versus uh De- Deandre Ayton. I mean Hayton's who got two matchups where they like, Are you
0: going to put Are you going to put Matisse on France? Like what, how like that they they've got so much front court size and hopefully this is the type of game that Blazers management is like, oh, we actually need to use our positional size. They have it on the roster, but they're just not starting it. Like we're we're small at the two and the three. So it so would so it would be, be
1: Suggs and Cole Anthony at the one and two.
0: I think Foltz still starts for them. Oh god damn, yeah.
1: And Foltz is a like fault is big. Fultz is a good defender, too. Yes. So, so it was gonna be interesting to see what Scoot can do against Foltz. in in this situation. I mean, but they, even if they don't play Anthony black or jet Howard, they have some really good defensive defensive guards, big guards too. Gary Harris, Suggs and, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and whatever his name is. Uh, They have a lot of size and versatility. So I feel like the magic are going to win this game. And I really hope that Jeremy Grant puts in an effort against Paulo because Paulo's going to be, if not the second, but he's going to be the second on, on usage rate for this team. So he's going to have the ball in his hand. So Jeremy Grant has to be on his P's and Q's because I don't know who the hell, if he gets into foul early foul trouble, who the hell is going to play? Are you going to put a
0: rookie? This, is a, team, this is a team, I will say, this is a team that you could probably get away with playing DeAndre and Rob against with their lack of shooting. You wouldn't have if to worry Paul, about Paul's not shooting
1: threes, yeah, but he's gonna have the ball. And I think Wendell can hit threes,
0: so I think I'm saying of all of the matchups, I think this is the one where we could see it sprinkled in, especially if you need rebounding and uh defense. I feel like it could work
1: defensively, I don't think it works offensively. I don't think
0: it works offensively against any team, but if yeah. you do want to generate offense via the fast break, uh, I could see that happening. I definitely could um, see like a last.
1: Less- last possession game that you can put both in, but you can't. You have to time it out
0: after you make the stop. <laughs> um, But I do think this could be a, a good Rob Williams game though, off the bench. Is he is he healthy and ready to go? That's what he said. He said there's no minutes restrictions. He's he's ready to go. He has a um, minutes
1: restriction of 18 minutes.
0: Oh. <laughs> and then Portland gets kind of a bit of a wake up call. You got to go to Philly on the 29th. And yes, I know they're dealing with their own James Harden saga, but they still have titled dreams. They still have who I think will be an all-star this year in Tyrese Maxey.
1: Is he the Uh, MIP?
0: He's going to be in contention. I I will definitely say that. Uh, And then they have the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid. Um, This was the game that broke Portland last year, led the entire way. Embiid hits the game winner. And then they're like, okay, we're we're really, really tanking. uh, Now, Obviously I think you got a similar matchup with Tobias and in Jeremy Grant but this is a game where I think the inferno could could heat up because I don't know who they have on the perimeter to to defend him.
1: Well is are you assuming Maxie's on Scoot?
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't okay. say like Maxie is somebody that I would I don't think he's like Gary Payton or Drew Holiday out there either. I, I think he's good. I think that he has the like the... Fultz worries me more than Maxie defensively.
1: I don't. I think Maxie. Yeah, a I, think, good I
0: think Fultz plays better defense than Maxie.
1: I think it's comparable. I, I think okay. Melton's a good defender.
0: Okay. Either way, I think this is going to be a really good in game. I think Philly wins. They have too much top heavy talent and even the, the hardened cloud. Um, that's still Nunez for them. They still have Nick Nurse, one of the best defensive minds out there. And, you know, they, they do it. No Tucker. more Doc Rivers. That's the that's of the traction. They can throw out there. It's uh, it, It'll be a. An interesting test to see you know one of the first times on the road against an east beast um portland's got to keep maxi out of the paint though
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that opens i mean he's dumping it off to joel he's kicking it out to you know cork and, and tobias uh for for the threes um i think he's he's, he's prime for for a big year so scoot and maxi that's going to be the the matchup that i want to see
1: i want to see how well deandre Aiden can Put up a resistance on Joel Embiid,
0: because I mean, that's if, a
1: that's a big one. If he I can handle he, Joel, a lot of questions are answered right here. Right well,
0: now. I think also if if you're watching the game, listening to it, following whatever, if Da looks anything less than completely engaged, red flag. You're going to, you're going up against the MVP of the league. Like if if that doesn't get you out of bed in the morning, nothing's going to. And I think Portland's got a, a big issue. On hand, So you need DA to be like, wake up in the morning, like locked in laser focus, because this is he and Jokic are what he should aspire to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, if, if he's going to get paid, he has to be an elite of elite. Remind me to ask you a question I just thought of. Are we are, are we talking about Detroit? Or are we going to? OK, so we
0: will talk about Toronto, not Detroit.
1: OK, so uh, I was on the Blazers. What podcast a week ago? And Rose, one of the, the the co-hosts, asked, "Who are you? What, what in in the past, the when you watch the Blazers, you had your eye on Damian Lillard at the point guard spot. Wh- who are you watching when you watch the game? Who? Where are your your eyes floating to when on, on offense?
0: Scoot and Shaden okay. all day. Like those to me, those are the the franchise cornerstones for the next fifteen years. So I want to see how." They develop and it's why it irks me that we're not giving more of an onus um to Shaden um right off the bat but i guess i'll have to be patient and wait for that to to happen it kind of reminds me of when we had zach randolph and we drafted lamarcus mm-hmm. Lamarcus, marcus it took a while for him to come off the bench and then he finally started towards the end of his his rookie year and then obviously they traded zach uh that that offseason they didn't get much for him but they knew they needed to open the, the time up for lamarcus because this was you know one of your your franchise faces so you know hopefully Shaden is able to show enough to to warrant that and those two obviously like those they have me the most excited i've been in in a long time um but most listeners would would expect that answer so some other players that that i will say obviously deandre
1: deandre Um, on defense is who i'm watching
0: um And I, any of the, anytime another new guy checks in is, is it repair? Is it Kumara? Is it Murray? Like I think you have to hope like you're batting one out of three and that's elite batting average in baseball. Mm -hmm. Can can one of those three become a true rotational player on that championship contending team? If so, you did a good job. You Mm -hmm. you just need to find pieces that fit. And I'm really excited. I think if you can, if Tumani can consistently hit outside shots, catch and shoot, like he's going to figure out to stay on the court because of everything else that he does. I, I don't know. I don't think he plays much like him, but when I see the 33 and that left armband exactly in the same place that Pippin wore it, I like, I saw it. And I was like, that's like, I had to do a double take. I'm like 33. That's not, re- no, 33 is not retired. So if he can have any sort of impact, like Pippen I will be thrilled especially getting him as a throw-in in in that trade like if he can work his way up and eventually like you know you're looking we always know what the starting lineup is going to be on opening night but if you can project like what's the starting lineup on fan appreciation night to end the season is it like Scoot, Shaden, Tumani, Chris Murray and DeAndre like is it something like that like that means really good things happen for Chris and Tumani right Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what you want to see. You you want to see those those players. And I always love watching the new guys. So long-winded answer, Scoot Shaden, but also new guys. I think it's going
1: to be very interesting to see how our defense and uh, DeAndre Ayton just work together. We put a lot of lot of responsibility on Yusuf Nurkic and his less than athlete. Like he's not the athlete that Ayton is. He's not the mover that Ayton is. Deandre Ayton could be the the anchor for our defense, and I, I really want to see how they run pick and rolls and run run the defensive sets with him being such a good mover and such a good shot blocker. So that's the guy I'm kind of watching defensively. But it's it's you know it, it's an exciting time for the Blazers. We're, we finally picked a side to go on. So let's talk about these Toronto Raptors.
0: I'm so I think a team, maybe in the top five places you don't want to be in terms of franchise has to be Toronto. Their two best players are headed for unrestricted free agency. Uh, You have a new head coach. Uh, You completely whiffed on a lot of things this summer. Uh, Those players have been in trade rumors constantly. Um, Your rookie of the year in Scotty Barnes had a sophomore slump and a lot of their pieces just just don't fit like they're trying to play a traditional center and yaka pertle scotty barnes and pascal play similar styles of basketball mm-hmm. both are big forwards that need the ball in their hands uh, og claims to want a larger role instead of a 3 and d and they just lost their their starting point guard for Ed Van in and, and free agency for, for, for nothing um they did bring in jenna schroeder and they drafted grady dick they also have gary Trenton jr also headed for unrestricted free agency that is the theme of the raptors it is unrestricted free agency unfortunately for portland you catch the raptors early on in the season where things are probably probably not going to be as copacetic january february march uh as the the deadline uh nears but i think i want to see like Okay, Masai, well, what is so special about OG and Anobi? Like, I want to see that matchup. OG, whether it's against Shaden or against Matisse, like that's what I'm looking for. I also want to see if Shaden has a you know an extra special dunk or highlight or overall play. You know, back home in in Toronto, um, you know he's going to have a lot of family in the stands. I do think the Raptors win. They have more big boy talent than than the Blazers do, but uh, Jakob Purtle is a player who has dominated portland in the past for the spurs can can portland at least neutralize him that you know can Can they rebound rebounding the basketball is going to be a big theme for me oh for this this season just because of jeremy grant's lack of rebounding you know there's just a lack of rebounding in the starting unit outside of deandre and and scoot to to be frank um like who's who's going to help da uh, rebound the basketball can, can da like is he going to get like 15 rebounds a game? That gave Nurk.
1: Is Is he getting like 15? Because no Aiden. Because no one else rebounds. Is he a getting 15? That's like
0: Andre Drummond. I don't know, but that's Andre Drummond. I, 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 I think 15 is a bit. I think if he gets 11, you're happy. That's fucking that's still a lot. That's <laughs> a lot of boards. It absolutely is. So you uh,
1: I feel like Scotty Barnes is just going to expose whoever's defending him. If if, if I, I would not be surprised if Scotty Barnes has a game against us. Like who, who, who's there to defend him? If if we're putting pa- if we're putting uh, Jeremy on Pascal, I feel like I, I feel like Scotty's just gonna roast and toast Matisse. There's just so much extra weight and height that he has to deal with. So I, I feel like Scotty Barnes is gonna go crazy. I also think Scoot Henderson is gonna go crazy. Like. Schroeder's fine, but he isn't a defensive guy, he's more of an offensive guy. So I feel like this you think they could put be OG the, on him. What's up? You
0: think they put OG on him?
1: Maybe, but I feel like Scoots just gonna be so much faster than OG. Like in theory, I think it works, but I feel like Scoots gonna just turn the corner on him and get an easy get into a spot where he can pull it up or or get to the rim totally. So I think that. Scoot Henderson is going to have a game and I think the Blazers actually win this game off of
0: Scoot Henderson. All right you've got them going one and three I have zero and four to start the season um, NBA.com actually put Portland 30th out of 30th in their power rankings which surprised me a bit but you know there is a lot of newness to this team and um, they're still looking to find uh, certain attributes um, but it's not about wins and losses I'm going to continue to harp on that. It is about the development of our young talent and we are rebuilding and we are looking forward to the season. It's going to be fun. Watch or listen to the games. However you can um, sage uh, wrap this podcast on up and we will see you all next week to, to recap the first week of the 2023, 2024 NBA season.
1: So we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, um, everywhere where you get your podcasts, Spotify included. We are there and uh check us out on youtube for the full video version of this podcast we are also available on ig um i started and then tag dustin so he can do his promotion thing um i'm also we're also on tiktok uh it's desage hb holy backboard so uh check us out there and be ready to hear some draft stuff i think this is going to be a big draft year for us so i mean i I can't wait for NCAA. I think that it was a humongous advantage for the G League to start earlier because if you're doing well, you're all we talk about. But if you don't do well, you're, you're, it's a bad one for you. So I, I'm very excited for this year. It's going to be a very fun content, content-filled content year. So thank you so much. We are out of here. I'm going to get some food, and I know he has to be a father. So I will talk to everybody later, Perush. All right, later, bud. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shunley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!